Hi, and welcome to Experience Points by University XP. On Experience Points, we explore different ways we can learn from games. I'm your host, Tay Vang, from Gamespace Learning by University XP. Find out more at universityxp.com. On today's episode, we'll answer the question, what is sandbagging? Competition can be a great concept in a game. We all start out with the same setup or resources, and then through the structure of the game, its mechanics and dynamics, we discover a victor who has rightfully defeated us all. Most of that competition comes from finding and engaging with other players who are at our competitive skill and experience level. In a perfect world, we would be able to do that regularly and at will. But we don't live in a perfect world. That means that we needed to rely on matchmaking, digitally or in person, to find the right group of players we want to and should play with. But what happens when someone messes that up? What happens when someone sandbags the competition or otherwise upsets the balance of matchmaking in games? What happens when the competition in the game turns against us? In this episode, we'll review what sandbagging means in games, as well as provide examples for the most prevalent games where this happens. This episode will also review competition in games, as well as how players use and exploit a competitive advantage. Lastly, this episode will end with an overview on designing for balance in games in order to make the best use of those competitive elements. So what exactly is sandbagging? Sandbagging is a manipulative behavior that deceives another player into lowering their expectations. This creates an opportunity for the manipulating player to exploit. A classic example of sandbagging is with pool hustling, where a player lets an opponent win a few games in order to gain their trust before raising the stakes. Professional billiards leagues and governing bodies attempt to level the playing field so that the skill level is even regardless of players' abilities. You can also see this tactic in poker with the check raise. Here, the player often checks or free bets a powerful hand and lets an opponent place a bet. The player then raises the bet, indicating that they have a stronger hand. When I first started playing poker in the early 2000s, I didn't really understand the competitive advantage of the check raise. Only after years of playing have I discovered its powerful ability to get other players' money into the pot. The check raise has been described as an underhanded move, but one with a distinct competitive advantage that has made its way into mainstream poker strategy. Now herein lies the goal when creating competition within games. There is a need to keep the game competitive, but simultaneously maintain its integrity so that players can invest in an effort to win. This dynamic is something that is seen in many games with interplayer competition. Most players know this as games that have direct and explicit competition with another player in contention. However, not all players are a fan of direct competition games like Risk or Fortnite where you win by making others lose. This is not the style of tabletop games that I choose to play most often, but there's still a place for direct competition. Triumphing over a difficult opponent most often fills us with that sense of fiero. We only get that sense through both game balance and active matchmaking. Matchmaking is a process that creates games and matchups that connect players of the same or similar skill level. Here, players enjoy closer competition through matchmaking as they strive to outperform their peers, though most would opt out of games where they would be the clear winner or the clear loser based on their opponent's skill. The lack of challenge or lack of efficacy would make the outcome feel unrealized. Competition makes for an optimal play experience for those seeking contention in their games. Competition also serves games-based learning. Creating a competitive environment can aid student motivations and learning outcomes. This is best realized in the creation of serious games that actively incorporate those competitive elements into their design. Competition as a game dynamic allows designers to create intersecting scenarios for players to make meaningful decisions to help them win. Though, care must be taken as players will strive to exploit the game and use its structure for unintended purposes. 
David Serlin addresses this competitive advantage of players in two different player classes. Those who play to win and use the entirety of the structure of the game to their advantage compared to those players who play within internal rules that may handicap their abilities. Both types of players play for the same outcome. Only one is using and exploiting the magic circle of the game to its fullest advantage. The other player is playing within the same game, but with additional rules that may end up hindering their play. David Serlin goes on to address that in competitive gaming, players must pursue winning at all costs, even if that ends in a miserable experience for other players. In that case, the outcome here is the fault of the system and not the player. While competition is often at the heart of ortho games, they don't always need to be pursued to this extent. Games are social experiences as much as anything else. Therefore, in other circumstances, it might not make most sense to win at all costs if players' goals differ than those outlined in the game's rulebook. This is especially true for serious games whose true goal is to meet player learning outcomes rather than foster a competitive dynamic. There are certainly players who will seek to win at all costs. Often this can only be addressed by the game's designer who is the ultimate author and guide of the player experience. Much of this can be decided through the creation and development of balance in games. Balance in tabletop games is at least meant to stabilize the play experience so that it remains equally competitive throughout. Though designing for balance can be very challenging, especially as it relates to balancing games for many different players who may play at a more competitive rather than an intermediate level. Likewise, balancing games for casual players is even more challenging as they may not even be aware of the many mechanics and dynamics that have been incorporated into past games. Often the easiest way to do this for casual players is to design elements in the game so that everything appears useful and relevant at the very beginning. In addition, creating a strong and basic core loop that continues to resolve itself smoothly throughout the entire game helps all players equally. This episode reviewed sandbagging in games as well as provided examples from the most prevalent games where they occur. The episode also reviewed competition in games as well as how players use and exploit game structures to their advantage. This episode closed with an overview of designing for balancing games in order to make the best use of competitive elements. I hope you found this episode useful. If you'd like to learn more, then a great place to start is with my free course on gamification. You can sign up for it at universityxp.com gamification. You can also get a full transcript of this episode, including links to references in the description or show notes. Thanks for joining me. Again, I'm your host, Dave Ang from Gamespace Learning by University XP. On Experience Points, we explore different ways we can learn from games. If you like this episode, please consider commenting, sharing, and subscribing. Subscribing is absolutely free and ensures that you'll get the next episode of Experience Points delivered directly to you. I'd also love it if you took some time to rate the show. I live to lift others with learning, so if you found this episode useful, consider sharing it with someone who could also benefit. Also, make sure to visit University XP online at universityxp.com. University XP is also on Twitter at university underscore XP and on Facebook and LinkedIn as University XP. Also, feel free to email me anytime. My email address is dave at universityxp.com. Game on.